Well, good morning, Coastal. How are you guys doing this morning? You guys doing well? Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is TJ and I'm one of the pastors here. Can you guys go ahead and help me welcome all of our family that's watching church online right now. We love you guys. We miss you guys. We can't wait to see you back in person here soon. But uh, we're excited. We're beginning a brand new series today. And uh, it's going to be a great series. It's called Issues. And uh, this is going to be really about, like, how do we deal with some of the things that all of us are dealing with in our lives? And and here's what I want you to do. I would ask that on your seat there is a a piece of paper that has some notes on it. We're a note-taking church. I want to encourage you to take notes here this morning because the idea behind this series is we want to help you work through some of the things that have been in your life for a long time that you just think are going to be a normal part of your life, but yet you know there is some friction, there is some tension, there are some things that are issues that continually pop their ugly heads up at the most inopportune times. We want to help you deal with those things. And here's what I know is that all of us have issues. Like every single one of us have issues. The person next to you has issues. In fact, that's why some of you brought them to church here with you this morning. You're like, you got issues. So in a new series, hoping it will work it out. And, and here's what I know. If you don't think you have issues, I just want to let you know that's your issue, okay? So like we all have some issues in life. And, and most of the issues we have are really foundational kind of things. They're things that were developed maybe in our upbringing. We are raised in some situations that were maybe less than ideal or we had some things happen in our life that were traumatic and and really I wanted to actually call this series Daddy Issues. Shayla just wouldn't let me and I'm not saying that all of your issues stem from your dad but what I am saying is that a lot of the things that we're dealing with occurred because we missed out on some things in the developmental stages of our life that are impacting our current stage right now. And so the goal of this is to move you from where you are to where God wants you to be. And God has got something great for your life. He wants to do some things in your life. He just needs you to recognize and be aware of maybe some things that are impacting you right where you are. And so the way that we're going to do this in this series is is we're going to evaluate the most perfect relationship there was between a father and a son. And that is the relationship between God the Father and Jesus here on this earth. And, and there are two instances in the New Testament where God actually speaks audibly to Jesus. And I think that there, it's a great platform for us to look at. Like if God were to audibly say something to you, what would he say? And he speaks two times. And each time that he speaks, he actually says the exact same thing, which is very, very interesting. He, he speaks to Jesus one time when he is getting baptized and another time when he is on the, on the Mount of Transfiguration. And so we're going to be diving into a passage of Scripture right here in Mark chapter 1, verse 10. If you want to follow along in your Bibles or you can follow along in the notes that are on your seat or the, the Scripture will be up on the screen. It says, just as Jesus was coming up out of the water... He saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. In fact, I want to stop right here. This is one of the reasons why we believe in the Trinity. Because right here, you see the three persons of God. You see Jesus physically in the water. You see the Holy Spirit descending down like a dove. And then in verse 11, what you hear is you hear a voice, which is God the Father speaking. And this is what it says. It says, you are my son. Whom I love, and with you I am well pleased. 
So God speaks to, to Jesus right here and he says, man, you are my son whom I love and with you I am well pleased. And then three years later, God speaks again. And what's interesting right here is that God speaks to Jesus when he was unknown and also when he was well known. And when he speaks, he says the exact same thing. It goes to show you that some of you, you think that, man, the only way that God is going to love me and care about me is based on what I perform and what I do. And right here, it explains to you that God loves you right where you are, right how you are right in this moment. There's nothing that you can do to earn his love. You are accepted in love with him completely and fully right now. There's no more performance that you can do that will earn you any more love than he already has for you. He goes on, and, and so we go to the Mount Transfiguration, Matthew 17, verse 5. It says, while he was still speaking, meaning Jesus, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, this is my son, whom I love, and with him I am well pleased. Listen to him. God the Father speaks the exact same thing to Jesus two times. And, and let me just tell you parents that are out there, this right here is what every single child needs. No matter their age, no matter their gender, they, they need to hear this from you as a parent. And we need to hear this from God in our lives. So let's break it down. He says, you are my son. This is about acceptance. And it's what every single one of us need in our lives. And some of you here are dealing with this lack of acceptance in your life. And you need to know that, that man, God has accepted you. I know that nobody else may have ever accepted you, but God has accepted you. And then he says, with, with whom I love, and this is about affection. It's about looking for love in the right places. And a lot of us out there are looking for love in all the wrong places. We'll deal with that on another week. And then it says, I, with whom I am well Please, this is about affirmation. You need to hear what God is speaking over your life and what he is saying to you and that he is for you and that he's not against you. And we need every single one of these things in our lives. And I would suspect if we were to do a deep dive into the psychology of your life, every single one of your issues that you have would go back to a foundation of one of these three areas that you're missing in. That you weren't affirmed, that you weren't loved, that you weren't accepted in life. And, and this isn't something that is just true that I believe from the Bible. Science actually backs this up. In fact, Inc. Magazine said this. Everyone has three fundamental needs according to science. To feel safe, to feel like we belong, and to feel like we matter. It says to feel safe, that, that we would be accepted, that we're put in this safe spot in community, that, that we would feel like we belong, that we would have this affection, that we are loved by somebody else. And then it's, then it's that, that we feel like we matter, that we would have the affirmation that we need in our lives. And so we need these things, and so we try to find them in our parents, the problem with our parents is, is that it's not that they don't want to give you these things, it's that they're human. A lot of us have tried to find this in a spouse, and it's not that our spouse is against us. The problem is, is our spouse is human. We tried to find this in our career thinking that, man, if I just get in that career and I'd have that boss that would give me these things. The problem isn't that that boss is against you, it's that they're human. And therefore, they don't have the ability to give you what you need. In fact, I wrote it down like this. Our greatest needs are fulfilled partially by people, but perfectly in God. And you're wondering why these people cannot give you what you need. And so you're never going to experience the perfection of what you need from people. 
And so if you're constantly looking to people to fulfill that, what it's going to mean is that you're going to be let down in life. And so ideally what you would do here today is you would open yourself up to God who perfectly can fulfill you in life and that you can receive everything that you need from him. And I know that there's some of you here that are here physically with us today. There's some of you that are watching online with us today and you don't have a relationship with God and you've been trying to seek this, this perfection from people and you've been disappointed. And I would suspect that if today you would open up your heart and you would open up your life to what God has, you would actually receive the very thing that you've been longing for with people that is only found in a relationship with your perfect creator who made you in a specific way and he can fulfill you in a specific way. And so if we're dealing with this issue of acceptance, then the reason we don't feel accepted here today, which is what we're going to dive into, is because we've been dealing with rejection. Anybody ever been rejected before in life? Come on, raise your hands if you've ever felt rejected before in life. If you don't have your hands up, you're not living, okay? I'm just telling you that right now. Because we've all experienced a little bit of rejection. We, we applied for the college, but we didn't get in. We tried out for the team, but we didn't make it. We applied for the job, but they selected somebody else. We asked the person out on a date, and they told us they want to keep us in the friend zone. Nothing worse than being in the friend zone. Come on, somebody. It's like the worst zone to be in. I'd rather be in the I don't like you zone than the friend zone. We've all been rejected. We've all been cheated on. We've all had somebody break up with us in life. And, and here's what we need to understand, that rejection is a normal part of life. I started making a list this week of all the times that I've been rejected in life. And as I started reading through the list, there's a, there a lot of rejection on that list. I mean, a lot of times that I thought I was going to achieve something and I didn't. A lot of times that I thought I was going to make something and I didn't. I started getting depressed looking at how many times I've been rejected. I mean, I started thinking back to when I was playing t-ball and I really wanted to play first base and they put me in the outfield. I got rejected. Come on, you know, come on, some of you guys that play sports, you know what that's like. You, you had this idea of where you could be and you weren't. The coach did not think that. Then I remember being in high school and being a sophomore and trying out for varsity football and them telling me, you're not good enough, you're going to play JV. I remember asking Shayla out in high school and her rejecting me and being in counseling ever since. I mean, <laughs> still dealing with those issues. Shoot, I remember when we started this church and people being like, man, we are with you. And then like a week later, they're like, you know what? We really love you. We just don't like the church. Which, by the way, I was the church. I was the only staff member. There's nothing else besides me. Rejection hurts. Mother Teresa said it this way. The greatest disease in the West today is not tuberculosis or leprosy. It is being unwanted, unloved, and uncared for. And I would say the greatest, not disease, but dis-ease in your life is being unwanted, unloved, and uncared for. And if you've never experienced rejection, then you're not really living. Because it's just an everyday, normal part of our life. Because there's always going to be that school that you want to get into that you don't get into there's going to be that person that you want to be your friend that is going to decide not to friend you there's going to be that person on social media that you follow that doesn't follow you back 
There's going to be that job that you apply for that they select somebody else. I mean, I've just found that even the sweetest, nicest people on the planet, people still reject them. Like, I think my wife is great. Some people don't like her. I'm like, what's wrong with those people? But the reason it's that way is because rejection is just a part of our life. And even Jesus dealt with rejection. And so if you're looking for a place where you can go where you'll never experience rejection, you will never get to that place. Because if Jesus can't remove rejection, then there's there's not a lot of hope for us to remove rejection. Jesus said it like this in John 15. If they persecuted me, you know what they're going to do? They're going to persecute you also. So you got to realize this is a part of life. I know that this sounds very, very hopeful at this point, doesn't it? It's like, oh, your life is going to suck. You're going to be rejected for the rest of it. Congratulations. In Jesus' name, you know, like, let's go forward, right? But there is some hope on this. And the reality is, is I know that we've all dealt with it. And some of you have been treated terribly. You've been mistreated. You've been rejected in some really, really terrible, terrible ways. And I think when we're in those moments, we have to look back like I believe that Jesus did in the moments where he was rejected. And remember what his father said to him in Mark chapter 1. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son, whom I love, and with you I am well pleased. And the key to dealing with rejection, if you don't get anything else today, here is my goal for you today, is that you would get this. We overcome man's rejection by embracing God's acceptance. It's not that we're not going to have rejection in life. We've just got to realize that there is something better than the rejection of man. And that is the acceptance of God. A God who loves you. A God who cares for you. A God who is willing to do anything. He is on your side. And people may abandon you in life and may reject you in life. But there is a God who will never leave you or will never forsake you. And so I just want to take the next couple of minutes, and instead of focusing on the rejection that has happened to you and is real, I want to focus on the acceptance that God has for you that is real as well. And I believe that when you embrace God's acceptance, you can come up out of the water. You can come out out of the rejection in life in the confidence that Jesus had, knowing that I am accepted by the ultimate creator of the universe, my God and my Father, who wants to love me and care for me and help me walk through this life with power and integrity. And so here's number one, if you're taking notes, is that my acceptance by God came at a price you got to understand that it's not a cheap price. It's not an inexpensive price. And here's why, why this is a big deal is because you were not born accepted by God. It's going to get heavy here for the next two minutes, but you need to understand this. You were not born accepted by God. You Actually, you weren't even born into a relationship with God. We are actually born separated from God because of this thing called sin in our lives. Sin separates us from from God, and if you don't believe me that you were born this way, all the where all the where are my parents at? Parents, raise your hands, raise your hands, raise your hands. How many of you guys had to teach your kids to be bad? Not a single one of you had to teach them to be bad. In fact, you had to teach them to be good, right? You had to teach them to be respectful. You had to teach them to be honoring. Why? Because naturally we have a bent of evil in our lives. Don't believe me? My son Alexander is with us this weekend. And, uh, and, and he is the sweetest, kindest boy. But he is actually evil at the same time. 
I'm just telling you, I know Melissa's down here. I don't believe it. He is. I mean, he was trying to hit the dog with a stick earlier. We gave, we gave him some, some plastic golf clubs because I love golf. And I'm like, son, we're going to teach you how to golf. And the first thing he does is go and hit preacher with it. You know, it's like, we don't hit. Like, where did that come from? Shayla's been teaching him that, right? That's what's been happening. But nobody has to teach us to do bad things because we naturally just have a bent towards that because we are born into this world that way the bible says it like this in colossians chapter one you were once alienated alienated from god and were enemies in your mind see that word alienated means you were separated like there was a divide that was happening in your life why was there a divide it says because of your evil behavior and I know that that's not fun or exciting, but, but there's something that's good on the other side of it. I just, I just want you to know. And so the reason we have issues, the reason that you'll say things like, I've always been this way, this is just who I am, is because of your evil nature that you were born with. But that does not mean that just because you were born that way, you have to stay that way. It's important. It's important because people tell me, I was born this way. Well, you know what? I was born a murderer. I want to kill people all the time. Especially drivers in South Florida. I just, want to, I just want to murder them. Come on, I'm not the only one. Come on, raise your hands if you're like, I, didn't, I just want to kill that person right now. Run them off the road. Hit up, run them into a tree. Do something. Like, honesty, good for the soul, bad for the reputation. Okay. So what is our response? Because our sin alienated us from God. Verse 22, it says it like this. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body. Through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. So you were disconnected from God, but you don't have to stay disconnected. Like you were once uh, separated from God, but now you have to recognize that because of what Jesus done, you have been accepted by God because the sacrifice that was paid. And what was that price that was paid? The price that God paid for our acceptance was the sacrifice of Jesus. And this is important because there is this, this false humility that is going out there today in Christianity where people are taking on this mentality that I am worthless, that I'm a sack of nothing, that, that I am the dirt, and, and just this, this false humility that I'm no good in God's eyes. But why would a God pay an incredible price for something that's worthless? Like, just, just reason with me for a minute. You don't go and give the most valuable thing you have for something that is worth nothing. You just don't do that. In other words, what you're giving up something of value for must be inexplicably so valuable that you would risk everything for it. Which what it means is that God sees you in a way that other people don't. So when people are rejecting you, you need to recognize and realize that God sees a price on you and it's invaluable and you're priceless and you're worth it. And he paid the ultimate price with his son Jesus on the cross for you. And because he did that, you no longer have to be alienated from God. There's a price that he paid, and then there's a price that we have to pay. And the price that we pay for our acceptance is the surrender of our will. That's the price we pay. So get this, everybody has the opportunity of what Jesus did on the cross to experience that in their life. Sadly, very few people actually choose to say yes to that call in their life. There's a lot of people that... It, refuse God's acceptance because they say, you know what, I want to live life my way. I want to do things my way. I mean, I watch it 
all the time. And, and I always want to ask the question, like, how is that going for you? And I believe that there's some of you here that you've been saying that. And God brought you to church here today. You're watching online because he loves you. In 1 Peter 3.9, he says, he is patient with you. Not wanting anyone to perish. But everyone, every single man, woman, and child to come to repentance. He doesn't want you to stay alienated. He actually wants you to be accepted. And how we're accepted is when we repent, when we turn 180 degrees from the ways we've been going to this new way that God has for our lives. We say, man, I'm not going to do it my way. God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to surrender my will. I'm going to surrender my life. Because when I start to live God's way, I live the best way and I experience acceptance from him. Number two, my acceptance by God came with perks. My acceptance by God came with perks. I, I don't know about you, but I, I love loyalty rewards programs. It's like my favorite thing on the planet. And before, before the pandemic, I traveled a lot, and I was an American Airlines Advantage member. And I remember I was going on this trip to China a few years ago, and I was in Dallas-Fort Worth Airport, and I got this ding on my phone. And it was the greatest ding that I've ever gotten on my phone because it said that you, you've been upgraded from, from economy class to, to first class on an international flight from, from Dallas-Fort Worth to Shanghai. And I was like, praise the Lord, thank you, Jesus. I'd never flown first class internationally. I had no idea what to expect other than now I could go into the lounge that was there at the airport and eat free food that they gave you. And so I was excited about that. And I, I remember they, they called my name over this little thing, Mr. McCormick, you can now board. And, and so I left the lounge and I went down to the, the boarding gate and I was boarding with everybody else, like the cattle herd that was going in all at the same time we were boarding. But when we got to the door, I had a friend with me that was actually a, a missions partner that I was going with. And when we got to the door, I realized that, that he was in economy class. And so he went to the right with the rest of the herd. And, and they said, oh, Mr. McCormick, you're to the left. And I took a left and it was like a whole new world. It was like Disney opened up a whole new world, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like it was it was a game changer and this this flight attendant was like oh mr mccormick here's your seat and, and she goes would you like some champagne would you like some orange juice would you like some water i was like what this is awesome and she's like oh let me show you how your seat works and she folded down the entire seat and made a bed i was like thank you jesus 15 hours in a bed here's your tv she said you know i know that you're probably going to get some sleep so when you wake up what would you like for dinner would you like lobster would you like steak i was like can i have it all she's like of course sir and so she takes my order. I go and I take a nap. I take a nap. They provide you pajamas. And like, I never, I change in the pajamas. I put the little mask on. I'm like living it up. I'm, I'm like, I'm like snapping Instagram. Like, look at me. I'm a baller. You know, I just like, I think that it's like the greatest thing. And, and, and I'm actually thinking to myself, man, I probably should have given the missions guy this seat. <laughs> probably would have been the Jesus thing to do. But then I thought to myself, well, Jesus would have just teleported himself to, to China. So I'm going to do this. And, uh, and so, so I, I wake up, I eat my dinner. I'm like, you know what? I should probably go check on him back there with, with the peasants. And, uh, and right, when, right when that was happening, the lady rolls up with a cart and she's an ice cream sundae cart. And she's like, would you like an ice cream sundae? I was like, that would be fantastic. Makes me up an ice cream sundae. I pick up my bowl. I walk to the back of the plane where everybody else is. And I'm like, hey, dude, I just want to check on you. And as I'm, as I'm eating, eating my ice cream. Can I just say the perks of being an Advantage member were pretty awesome. And the perks of following Jesus are way better than that. Way better than that. 
Like, that, that's funny, but, like, the perks of following God, man, when you surrender and when you give up your will to him, the benefits of following him far outweigh what American Airlines could do for me on that flight to China. And so I just want you to know, when you experience God's acceptance, there are some perks to it. One of the perks of being accepted by God is forgiveness. Incredible perk. It's total forgiveness of your sins. When, when you accept what Christ did for you on the cross of Calvary, you are forgiven past, present, and future. Totally forgiven of your sin. That is a perk for you to be remembered because what the enemy is going to want to do is he's going to want to bring up your past. He's going to want to heap shame and guilt on your life, and he's going to want you to live in that place and make you feel defeated all the time when the reality is, is you've been forgiven and you are walking in victory because of what Jesus did on the cross. And I want to remind you that you are forgiven if you've put your faith in Jesus. Why are you remembering your sins? Because Jesus cast them as far as the east is from the west. So why are you remembering them? In fact, Romans chapter 8 says, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And it's so hard for us to remember, but so many times what we do is we start condemning ourselves. It's not even the enemy condemning us. It's us condemning us of our past or our current mistakes. And when the reality is, is that, man, Christ, when he hung on the cross, was forgiven of those things. I watched so many Christians put themselves in this penalty box mentality, I don't, I don't know about you, how many hockey fans do we have? Where are all my hockey fans at? Hockey fans. L listen, the real reason we all go to hockey games, right, is to see people fight. It's the only reason nobody understands the sport. Nobody knows what's really going on. But we do understand fighting. And we love it when a fight happens. And when a fight happens, based on the severity and the implications of that fight, what happens is they get put in a penalty box. And they serve the time based on how bad it was. And a lot of us, what we have done is we've forgotten what Jesus did on the cross. And we are putting ourselves in a penalty box saying, man, I just can't serve at church. I'll never be able to attend church. Nobody will accept me there. Who put you in that box because Jesus didn't? It's time for some of us to realize and recognize this incredible gift of forgiveness that he's given to us so we can walk in that freedom because he accepted us. Hebrews 10.35 says, do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. We should be walking around in confidence instead of shame. Going, guess what? God saved me. He forgave me. And he's working stuff out of me. And I'm, I'm not walking around here in shame because I've been accepted by God. Another perk that we get is this perk of freedom. Because God doesn't just want to claim you. He wants to clean you. He wants to set you free. When you're his son or your daughter, you are fully accepted. And then what he wants to do is he wants to get deep down inside of you and work some things out of you so that you can become all that he's already originally designed you to be. And on the other side of being cleaned up is, is a life that's transformed, is a life that can work and do some things that of incredible significance in this life if you allow God to do that work inside of you so that you can be Free. John chapter 8 says, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. And listen, we live in a day and age where a lot of people are all about sending you good vibes or good thoughts or meditating. But none of that junk can free you. None of that junk can heal you in life. Time can't heal you. Uh, relationships can't heal you. The only thing that can heal you is Jesus. 
It's Jesus that will heal you. It's Jesus that will help you overcome. It's Jesus that will change that mindset. It's Jesus who will do that for you in your life. If you understand and you're willing and you're open to allow God to transform you from the inside out, not based on how people have rejected your flaws, but based on how God has accepted you right where you are, not only has he accepted you right where you, are, where you are, but he wants to change you to get you where he wants you to be. So that you can experience the freedom and the free indeed that he has for your life. Another benefit is family. And listen, I know some of us have had some screwed up families. I get that. Um, in my family, we had a lot of fun, but we also had a lot of dysfunction. Have you noticed that? Fun is in dysfunction. <laughs> Dysfunction. <laughs> All of our families are broken. And uh, there's something great about being a part of the family of God. And the family of God is the church. If you've been trying to figure out why do I need to be a part of a church, it's because what the church becomes is family. Psalm 68, 6 says, God sets the lonely in families. He knows that we're all disconnected. We're all doing our own things. But we come together as a family of God. And it's beautiful. Now, it doesn't mean that we don't have issues. It doesn't mean that we don't have some weird people in church. Listen, everybody knows that Thanksgiving, you always have that weird Uncle Eddie show up at your family function. You're like, how in the world did Uncle Eddie get in our family? Like, who birthed that dude? Like, you're, like, why do we keep inviting him? But you keep inviting him because he's family, right? If you don't know who Uncle Eddie is in your family, congratulations, you're Uncle Eddie in your family. <laughs> Somebody had to let you know. But we have those weird uncles even here at Coastal. <laughs> I'm not going to point them out right now, okay? But we come together and we do this thing called church and we're family. And I know that people have rejected you. I know people have given up on you. I just want you to know that the church won't. And maybe you've had a bad church experience in the past. Let me just say, on behalf of the church, I'm really sorry. I'm, I'm really sorry you had that experience. Please give it another chance. Please give it another chance. Don't let past rejection paralyze you from an incredible future that God has for you. I watch so many people who are paralyzed from past things keep them from present and future opportunities that God set before them. And I think the reason we didn't experience things in those moments is because we didn't truly even though we felt man's rejection, we did not accept God's acceptance into our life. And realize how powerful and how important it is to be a part of a family. And I'm telling you, I can't speak for other churches. But in this family, you'll be accepted. In this family, you'll be loved. In this family, you'll be cared for. In this family, we'll cry together. In this family, we'll laugh together. In this family, we'll cut up together. In this family, we'll throw parties together. In this family, we'll help you deal with your issues together. In this family, we'll celebrate the, the highlights of your life. And we'll cry in the lowlights of your life. Because that is what family does. We're not here to bash you. We're here to build life into you. That's what family does. And I'm proud to be a part. 
of the family of God. First Peter says, you were once not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Listen, you aren't alone, and you were never created to do life alone. Embrace the benefits that God has for your life. And then number three, my acceptance by God came with a purpose. My acceptance by God came with a purpose. And the purpose wasn't for you to be able to walk around and go, wow, look at me. I'm accepted by God, and you're not. You're rejected. It wasn't to go, man, I'm in the family and you're not. Sucks to be you. We're not called to be an exclusive club that separates themselves from the world. Here's why you and I are accepted. Romans chapter 15, accept one another then just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. You know why we've been accepted? So that we can bring other people into the family of God. And my prayer is, is that people that are alienated from God, That people can look at you and know because of your love and your passion and your compassion, they can know God. That people would desire to be like you and love like you and hope like you because you've been accepted and therefore you're reaching out to help others experience that acceptance. So let me just give you a strong reminder, especially those of you that are watching online, that you may be the only Jesus that other people ever see. You might be the only scripture that they ever read. You might be the only answer to prayer that they ever pray. Let's play our part in this world. Let's not let people that get rejected by others feel rejected by us, but let's accept them and bring them in. To the family of God so they can experience forgiveness, so they can experience freedom, so they can experience family in the family of God. I watch today and my, my heart is broken because people are more divided than they've ever been before. People are more separated than they've ever been before. And I want you to know, and we need to understand this, that people are not the problem. Republicans aren't the problem. Democrats aren't the problem. The left isn't the problem. The right isn't the problem. The vaccinators aren't the problem. The anti-vaccinators aren't the problem. Your neighbor isn't the problem. Your in-law isn't the problem. Your spouse isn't the problem. Your boss is not the problem. People are not the problem. People are the purpose. Some of y'all need to have a change of mindset and a shift in that. People aren't the problem. People are the purpose. And so if you're frustrated by somebody, remember that there is a bigger issue there. And the issue isn't that there is something separating you. It's the fact that they are alienated from God and we are called to bring them into the acceptance of God. That is the purpose of life. It's not to create more division. It's to create more unity. Jesus, one prayer. I pray that you would be one. Oh, but we got fractions. No, no, no. He said one. 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 Trumpers, Bodners, I don't know what you're called. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just. McConnellers, I don't know. Pelosiers. White people, black people, orange people, brown people. 
One. Problem is, it's a separation from God. The purpose is to stop the rejection and start helping them experience the acceptance that Jesus has for them. That anyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Because our hope isn't in any of those things. Our hope is found in a relationship where they can find acceptance and a reconnection to their creator. Through a relationship with Jesus. That's the hope that we bring and the hope that we celebrate. With every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe you're in here today. And Here's what I know is that there's a lot of people that are dealing with rejection in life. There's hurt. There's pain. There's feelings that are real, that are evident, that have been there for a long time. And my prayer today is that if you know God, then instead of holding on to those things and holding on to the past, that you would recognize and realize that God has forgiven you. Not only has he forgiven you, but he's wanting to free you here today. And, and when, when, you, when you forgive others, what you do is you set the prisoner free only to find out that you've been the prisoner all along. And when you do that, what you do is you open up your life to a whole new family of people that don't reject you but accept you. And maybe today is the day that you need to release some things. You need to forgive some things. You need to accept some forgiveness in life for the things that you've done to hurt other people. Don't miss out on the incredible benefits. But what I also know is there's some of you here today and watching online that you've been separated from God. You've been alienated from Him. And God brought you to church today so that you could experience His acceptance with every head bowed and every eye closed. Maybe you've never begun a relationship with the Creator of the universe. Or you did a long time ago and you walked away and you rejected it. And you would say, you know what, TJ, I need to experience God's acceptance today. It loves me right where I am, right who I am, but doesn't want me to stay the same. And I'm ready to live with him all the days of my life. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you, if you just slip your hand up at the count of three, I'd love to pray with you. One, two, three. Yes, sir, I see you back there. Thank you. One. Yes, sir, two. Anybody else? Anybody else? Don't miss your moment here. If you just pray this prayer in your heart as I pray it out loud, say, God, thank you so much for accepting me right where I am. For giving the most precious gift you could give on this planet, the, your son, because you saw me in my brokenness. And you didn't see me as broken, you, but you saw me as precious. God, I love you and I accept you into my heart here today. Forgive me of my sins, past, present, and future. God, I ask you to come into my heart, come into my life, take over, lead God and direct me all the days of my life. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Amen.